Welcome to the podcast, Intuition Speaks. You are about to listen to an older episode from when this podcast used to be Intuition by Design. I hope you enjoy these older podcast episodes, but I just want to give you a heads up that at the end of this season, I made a total pivot, which took me about two years to make. So there is a gap in time between this season and the most recent one. I do, however, if you are interested, have a Patreon account that includes human design information and resources so that you can dive deeper and do some self-study. My Patreon account has other resources for you, all about intuition, social media growth and monetization, and the Akashic Records, and a bunch of different exciting topics. If you are interested in that, you can check out the show notes, and I hope you enjoy listening. You are listening to Human by Design Podcast, where every week we will break human design down into digestible bite-sized pieces, helping you to peel back the layers of your conditioning so you can better understand yourself, your friends, and your family. We will examine what it means to be a human as our truest selves. I am your host and soul coach, Tia Marie. Through human design and connecting to intuition, I bring you the tools to help guide you to your innermost truth. Hello, and welcome back to Human by Design. This is Tia Marie. I'm really excited to have you guys here. Wow, what a journey. I can't believe we're on our seventh episode now. It has been a total learning experience for me, a complete human design experiment. So I am loving every moment of it, all the hard parts even, and all the flowy parts. It's really helped me to learn how to genuinely live and be in my design. I hope you guys really enjoyed last week's episode. If you hadn't had a chance to check it out, make sure you do so. I posted a coaching session that I had with Katie, and if you guys are interested at all in connecting to your own sacral center, I mean, technically any generator is very capable of doing this. They're just not really quite aware of what they're doing or if they're doing it correctly. That mind kind of steps in and tells stories and gets in the way of really making that clear to you. So if you just need someone who's able to step in and tell you when the mind is trying to tell the story versus really hearing and feeling from your sacral center, that's what I'm here for. So I know I didn't open up my coaching schedule this month. I have availability for four clients. So whether you want to do a human design reading, a sacral coaching session, or if you want to connect to your intuition and really hear from that intuitive voice answers to your own questions, please send me a message. I'm going to work around both of our schedules and 
try not to be so set in a schedule online right now. I have a lot going on. So if you guys are following me on Instagram or Facebook, you would know that I have been having some issues with my house and it has called me (laughs) to be present and do a lot of work. So that being said, I do want to share with you my experience because it is amazing to me what being in your actual design can look like. So as you know, I'm a 1-3 generator. My boyfriend's a 1-3 generator. So when this first happened, it was just me, my boyfriend, and my son, who's a 5-1 manifester. So both my boyfriend and I are guilt motivation. So when we see something that's not right, or when we feel something that's not right, we know that's our, that's our call to fix it, to step in and fix it. That's when we're in our best self, is when we're fixing things. So obviously nobody gets excited about a flooded basement, but having the three of us working together, it was just really amazing to see how the energy between two generators and a manifester can get something like ripping a carpet up done. We literally only spent maybe three hours doing the work. And although my son's almost eight, he didn't really do a ton of work, but it really helped to initiate us and I think get certain parts of the work done where we may have felt a little stuck. So that being said, even though he's eight years old, he's capable of initiating. Um, I think it's an amazing thing. And that's what we're going to get into in this episode is all about manifestors. So I have a little experience. I'm not a manifester, but I live with a manifester, a manifester child. So it's very interesting to see how he differs from me and he differs from my boyfriend. And we can get into all those fun experiences into this podcast. But I just wanted to mention that I feel like no one should really be envious of other aura types. It takes all aura types to make the world work. And I say that because I had the experience of working on this project in multiple different ways. So I had that first day where I had the three of us, two generators and a manifester working on the basement, getting a portion of it. I was able to get a dumpster for the following weekend, and on the first day, on Saturday, it was just me and my boyfriend working. So normally, I'm not really interested in doing super heavy labor. I guess if I have to, I'm very physically capable of doing it, but I had other ideas of what I wanted to do that was fun. However, that being said, I saw that something needed my fixing, so we got to work. And it was really interesting to see how the auras of me and my boyfriend worked together. I was able to do a lot more, I think, physically tapping into his root center because he has a defined root center and my root center is undefined. So it was really interesting to see how I could get that consistent energy to keep going from him, whereas he has an undefined ego center or heart center And to have the desire and the will to keep working through my defined heart center was there for him. So both of us would typically not call working on a basement exciting, but I was just blown away by how our auras interacted with each other to help get the job done. And then on the third day that we did work, we got 
double the amount of work done. My dad, who's a manifesting generator, came over and then my neighbor, who I believe is a projector, I don't have his chart, but the energy that I get from him is that he's a projector. So it was really interesting to see how everyone had their part. And when I would get stuck or my boyfriend would get stuck, either my dad would help us skip the step that we were stuck on so that we could respond and continue working, or my neighbor, who's the projector, would show us a better way of doing it and we would respond to that and then continue on. So we got, I would say, in that one day, probably more work done in the other two days with just like less people being around. So it's really important for us to acknowledge other people when we need the help and ask for it because it's amazing how much more work we can get done. We're not here to just do everything alone. And I think you can apply that in any sort of aspect in your life. So I wanted to talk briefly about that, but there's another topic that's been on my mind a lot recently. And I think that it ties in really well with the episode today because it's about my son. So uh, not too long ago, I had gotten called in by his teacher to discuss his behavior in class. So I was kind of expecting this, and I usually try to preemptively give the teacher that year a sort of like overview of how I feel my son works. And typically at first they like laugh at me because I explained to him or them that he works in a certain way. So at the beginning of the year, he seems really motivated to really want to please and be a good student. As the year goes on, he has different ideas about what he wants to do and he quickly kind of becomes this sort of issue in the classroom because the teacher is not quite sure how to deal with him. So I tried to talk to him and coach him on a level where he understands what kind of things to expect being the energy type that he is, but to explain to a teacher that your son is a 5-1 manifester and when he doesn't want to do what you tell him, he's going to act out, get angry, and do what he wants anyways. So... (laughs) You know, I think these kids often get labeled as being ADHD, and that's unfortunately what happened to my son. So she recommended that he be evaluated, and I was a little resistant to it at first, but then she kind of explained to me all the things that she's been doing for him to help him to allow him to have more freedom within the classroom. And I was like, well, why can't we just do that? And without having a special plan in place, a 504 plan, next year there's no guarantee that the teacher will be as nice and as wonderful as the one we have this year. She really is, like, she's very energy aware. And she's aware that there are times when my son is in his body and when he's not in his body. And I tried to explain a little bit uh, to her what it means to be an emotional manifester without using those words, trying to explain how my son works. And I think, you know, it still was kind of lost on her and she just assumed, oh yeah, well, that's that sounds like ADHD. So 
He did get diagnosed with ADHD, but this leads me to wonder if there's so many kids out there that are being labeled this that are just being who they really are. And having a child that doesn't have a defined sacral center, if they're around a lot of children with defined sacral centers, don't you think they're going to amplify that? Don't you think they're going to act out because of that? They're going to be so overwhelmed because they're in so many different auras in the classroom that it's going to be really hard for them not to contain themselves. And being an energy type as it is, it's really difficult for him to sit still. And, you know, manifestors are meant to be active. They're not meant to sit there. So the classroom is really not the best place for him. So this has just been something that's been weighing really heavily on my mind. You know, I want to honor my child and I reinforce that there is nothing wrong with him. It's just that he needs to work on asking for permission more in the classroom. And I am working on getting him a 504 because there are interventions that I think have been really helpful in the classroom this year. And I have seen improvements over the previous years where the teachers were just complaining about his behavior and not really doing anything about it. So he does have like the availability to work work wherever he wants in the classroom. He has the availability to kind of get up and leave and do some like exercises in the hallway and um, just trying to help him understand and be in his body more and understand the emotional wave has been helpful for him. So I not 100% on board with the diagnosis, but I understand there's a process to getting these sort of interventions for him. And I don't, I don't believe in medicating at this age. So (sighs) tell me your thoughts. It's a, it's been really overwhelming and it's added an extra thing on my plate to work on. And I'm sure there are other people who are going through similar things. I'm really excited because I am working out to get an interview for the next couple weeks um, and it will be on learning styles. So maybe we'll have this person on more than once to talk about parenting as well. So I'm really excited about that. And before I get into today's episode, I wanted to read a question from my listeners. Yay! So Denise asks me, okay, so on any of the websites when I put my birth time and date in, etc., it asks for a location, it asks for a town and a country, but it never asks which providence I'm in since I'm in Canada. And there are a few towns in Canada with the same name in different time zones. So how do they accurately determine this precise information if you don't even have to put in the exact location. So I wasn't quite sure how to answer this right away. So I did a little digging and my response is I really 100% stand behind geneticmatrix.com. So when I looked at all the information that you need to put in in order to bring that up, um, it all comes up. So there may be different websites that are not asking 100% for all the questions. I'm not sure that, like I'm from the United States, so I've used other websites before to look up my chart, but I don't think I've had that issue. I know we have a lot of Springfields in this country, but it asks you for the state. So 
I'm not sure if it's just a thing related to being in Canada or other countries where it might be a little bit different, but I know if you go on geneticmatrix.com, which is awesome, they are a uh, subscription service, you have an option of a free, you have to sign in with your information, but there is a free option for you. I love, I have a premium subscription, so I love using that. It's really affordable. It's like having the software, um, that you can look up all the different extra little charts and things on there, and it's totally worth the price. I am not sponsored by them, but I 100% suggest anyone who's really looking to dive into their own chart more, you should be using this service because they're going to tell you what your color, your tone, all that stuff is that you're not getting from the other chart services. So if you have a question for me, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, or email me and send me a private message and I will likely send you a response relatively quickly and answer your question for you. But I would also love to have them on the air because I think it would be beneficial and help other people as well. My email is intuitionxdesign at gmail.com and you can use that handle name to find me on Facebook and on Instagram. So let's get on with this episode today all about manifestors. Manifestors are a rare energy type that makes up 8% of the population. When I was first learning about human design, I thought there were only two energy types. I thought it was the generators and the manifesting generators. Well, manifestors are also an energy type and we'll get into why. The role of the manifester has changed drastically since 1781. Before that time, we needed manifestors to help direct and initiate generators to get the work of the world done. Most manifestors held positions of power and authority. They were the visionaries that saw what the world could be and set out to create it. Their powerful, closed auras ensured their positions of power and that no one else would dare to come up against them or challenge them. After 1781, we evolved from only having seven centers to now having nine centers. And now there are fewer manifestors since their role in society has changed. Now many manifestors tend to be solitary and are very independent. They don't need others in order to manifest for themselves. However, there are other aura types still need manifestors to initiate them. Collaboration can help manifestors see that their dreams can become reality. So how can you tell if you're a manifestor on your body graph? So first of all, the sacral center is not defined. Although manifestors are considered an energy type, they do not have the endurance for work like generators do. The generator gives off sacral energy, so it plugs into things and gives life to things. The manifestor is very closed circuit, so it does not give away its energy, and it does not have sacral energy to share. It gets its energy by a connection to the motor centers and the throat. So the second sign that you're a manifestor is a connection to a motor center on your chart to your throat center. So when we're talking about motor centers, again, that's the ego or the heart center. And then there's the solar plexus 
and also the root center. So the root center, when it's connected to the throat, it is not directly connected to the throat. It can be indirectly connected through other centers. So having this motor connection and definition in their chart to their throat is what gives them their initiating power, their motivation, and their drive. And this is why they're considered an energy type. The manifester aura. So you know when a manifester walks in the room. Their aura is meant to start reactions in people. This is their initiating power. Their aura is closed and at times can repel or push away those who are not in line with their direction. It can magnetically draw in the correct people when they are following their strategy. So a lot of times you can notice when somebody is like pushing you out of their way. They're like moving through and they're not always pushing people, but their aura is very big. It's hard to miss them. They impact everything that they come in contact with. It can help motivate us and call us to action because their auras are so noticeable that when they make a decision, it causes a huge ripple and affects so many people. They are the change makers in this world and can make an impact with their actions. On the flip side, this is extremely noticeable aura that can rub people the wrong way. It can make other people nervous because their energy can feel really unpredictable. It's not that big, enveloping hug that a generator gives you. It's really just like this ball of energy that blasts past you. Just do it is a slogan for manifestors. Oftentimes, if you're a manifester, you get confused as to why other people are not capable of just getting off their butt and doing exactly what it is they want to do. And it can make you seem frustrated with them because you're capable of doing it, so why can't they? Now, there are different types of manifestors, like there are different types of projectors, and it has to do with your circuitry and what is connected to what centers. So an ego manifester is the type of manifester who has the ego center, that heart center, directly connected to the throat. This enables that type of manifester to operate their initiating abilities from their wants and desires. These tend to be the ones who seem really pushy because they know exactly what they want and they know exactly how they want to do it. And they're really stubborn about changes in the plans. The ego works in cycles though, so... They have to rest in between each work cycle. You can't just keep going continually. Otherwise, you risk burning out. And the other thing about the ego is it really loves to be rewarded with material type things. The emotional manifester is when you have your solar plexus directly connected to the throat center. And this means you need to follow the same waiting strategy as other emotional types. If you try to initiate when you're really high, then you might be off your mark and you might not get the exact results you were hoping for. If you try to initiate when you're really low, the chances are you're not going to be able to follow through and get the results you want either. So it's really learning how to understand that it's not in the highs or the lows that you make the decision to act. It's in the in-between when you're completely balanced. So you might find extra resistance when you're in either your high or your low, and you just have to wait it out until you have that clarity. 
The splenic manifestor is a type of manifestor that has the spleen center connected to the throat, and it's a shared channel with either the ego or the root center. So remember, it has to be connected through a motor. So the spleen can have a connection from the ego to the spleen and then to the throat, or from the root to the spleen and then to the throat. So these types of manifestors tend to act, but not for themselves. It's about a tribe mentality and the well-being of others. They have an outer awareness that goes beyond the ego and the need for survival. This comes from being tapped into the intuitive knowledge from that splenic center. Now, there's also a little bit information out there about whether you are a right or a left angle manifester. You can look at your incarnation cross on your chart and it will tell you whether you are a right angle or a left angle manifester. So Rod talked about the differences of these two. The right angle manifester often gets locked into cycles of being the not self. So this is the right angle manifester. They build up resistance and create these invisible barriers from their conditioning that creates a very closed off life for themselves. Their awareness is very deeply embedded in themselves and their understanding of others is really limited. The left angle manifester has the awareness and the understanding of other people. However, it creates like an anxiety within them or a paranoia about the resistance from other people that might be there. And when you understand how this resistance could be created from these realities that you create within yourself, you can understand how informing other people, even though it doesn't feel like a normal flow for you, can help release this resistance for you. So I feel like those two examples are when you're extremely in your conditioned mind and when you move beyond that and into your strategy, then you can move beyond either feeling isolated or feeling like there's all this resistance around you that you kind of create within yourself because you have an anxiety about what other people will tell you if you were to tell them what you wanted to do. So manifestors are the only type who have technically two different strategies based on their stage in life. The first strategy is to ask for permission, and this is when you are a child or somebody who lives under the authority of someone else. So you could technically be an adult, but you live with your parents, so they still kind of rule the roost of the house. So it's really hard, I think, for children who just want to do what they want. They're going to meet that resistance from their parents all the time. I know with my son, if he just asks, I'm like, what are you doing? So he's learned very quickly to ask for permission. He asked me for permission for like literally everything. And oftentimes when he asks me for permission, sometimes I'll get that like I want to say no to him, but I know it's really harmless. So I'm trying to learn to pick my battles with him. And when I do that, I can see like that relief that comes over him and it encourages him to ask me for permission more. I know he has like this struggle with asking for permission when it comes to other people outside of the home and I'm trying to encourage him that it's not as scary as he thinks it is and asking you know for friends permission to play with him I think would overcome a lot of this loneliness and this anxiety in him that people are going to say no to him before he even asks. So the other strategy is to inform people. So 
When you inform people, you're literally just letting them know what your next steps are. Because you're an energy being and it's really contained, people look at you like, oh my God, what is he going to do next? They don't know. They become anxious and nervous. And that's when that resistance builds up to you. So when you are informing people, then you're going to lay that out, your intentions out for them, and it will relieve that anxiety. They don't always have to agree with what you want to do, but it can help you in getting people to either be on your side or move out of your way. I think that it can feel really unnatural for a manifester to ask for permission or to inform because prior to being a nine-centered being, when they were seven-centered beings, they just acted. They, they really didn't have any other strategy than to act on their impulses. Now, it just seems unnatural to them because that's not how they were originally designed. Well, the tables have turned. Now we have you know generators who are waking up and we have projectors who are here to help guide them. So the game has changed for our lovely manifestors. So even though it can seem like an imprisonment or an enslavement on them to have to ask for permission because it feels so unnatural, it's really important for them to understand that asking permission doesn't mean that you can't do what you want to do. It doesn't mean that it's going to halt you in your process. It's just your aura affects so many people that unless you want all these people resisting you in your path, creating difficult for you, you know, the difficulty for you. It's really important that you are open to informing people so that they can either move out of your way or join you. And that's what your aura does is it pulls and it pushes. And that's why informing is so important for you. So Ra says for manifestors, if you guys want to remove yourself from feeling so secluded and like outcast from the world, you have to be willing to play the game and the game is initiating and that's how you're going to be able to integrate with everyone else. So let's get into conditioning. And I think it's really funny because the majority of the world is conditioned to be a manifester. And wouldn't you think it's so funny that manifestors are conditioned to be generators? Now, the rest of the world believes that they should just go out there and just do it. And that's what a manifestor is literally capable of doing. Just doing whatever it is they desire, they set their trajectory to, they're capable of initiating, and you know they don't need other people to make that happen. However, because they're conditioned to believe that they can work like a generator without that sacral energy, they're at high risk for burning out. They don't have that sustaining energy. They can amplify it because of that open center in them, but or that undefined center in them, but they don't they don't have that ability to sustain it. So having that motor centers Connecting to the throat center is what gives the manifester the energy to manifest and initiate. They don't give off that life energy, and it's a more self-contained energy. Manifestors are not here to compete with generators. They are here to do work in cycles, but they need to take breaks, and they often need to release any sacral energy that they're picking up and is not theirs. 
A common theme for the not-self-manifester is anger. When they perceive that they are being held back from moving forward or that others are rejecting their desires, they can make them so angry. Having an open sacral center can also make them get caught up in that cycle of never knowing when enough is enough. This can be deeply frustrating and aggravating if you feel like enough is never, ever enough for you. And other people seem to be holding you back from obtaining more of it. Often, manifestor children have a lot of anger if they feel like they're being punished for wanting something they perceive that they can't have or do. And I've seen this in my own son. He'll look at me and he'll go, I want this, but you're going to say no. And I kind of have to laugh a little bit because I'll tell him, but if you had just asked me, I might have said yes. And he just perceives that he's automatically going to be shut down. So if a manifester has not been living their strategy, they will often feel defeated like that. And they may have low self-esteem issues. This leaves them vulnerable for others to manipulate them and use them to help manifest for themselves. They will experience jealousy from others because they're quick achievers and they make things seem like they're completely effortless for them. This only makes them feel like more out, like an outsider or a lone wolf. And I know talking to my son, he definitely feels sometimes like he's very lonely and he's a 5'1". So that kind of comes with the territory of his profile as well. So a couple tips for you guys. Don't be afraid that people will reject you. The right people will always accept you when you're informing them correctly. Having freedom means open communication and trust that goes both ways. Don't be afraid of being big. Your aura is very loud and there's no use trying to play small in it. When you accept this of yourself and acknowledge that you're just sorting who is on board and who is not on board with your energy, you don't need to fear who is seeing you. And then finally, being aware of where your manifesting energy comes from is important. This will help you see how powerful you are and what ways you're impacting other people. This awareness will help you understand yourself and others better. It will give you a direction for a better understanding of the timing that you need to follow when informing and then following through with that action. So overall, manifestors are magnificent people. It's awesome if you have one on your side that can help you with projects where you're having a really hard time getting started if you both have the same vision for the outcome. It's important for manifestors to be as active and as free as possible, but having that correct strategy of informing people is going to be essential for you to feel that most free state of life and being. And anyone who knows a manifester, it's really important for you to inform them as well. I think that it goes both ways. And in general, we work better together when we're open and we're communicating our needs and our thoughts and our desires with each other. I hope you enjoyed this episode on manifestors. If you have any questions that you'd like me to share on the podcast and answer, you can email me at intuitionxdesign at gmail.com. Please make sure that you're subscribing and you share this episode with any manifestors that you know in your life or someone you think that would find this information helpful. 
And I'm so excited that next week we're going to be talking about reflectors. And I'm hoping to do a little mini episode on the moon cycles. I love learning about the moon. I love learning about the cycles. I've been really interested in the moon and all of its workings since I was a little child. So I can't wait to bring that episode for you guys. But if you can help share my podcast, we can get this information to more people and I can continue to bring you this content every week. Thank you again and have an awesome week. I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week on Human Design Podcast. For more episodes and content like this, please share our message and like us, subscribe, leave a review or share with your friend. The more that I can get this out there, the more people I can help and the more content I can bring to you guys. Also, don't forget to check out, I have some awesome coaching services. I do soul coaching where I connect you to your intuition, your inner voice. I also do some combination of human design and soul coaching. And for those generators out there, I really enjoy helping you guys connect to your sacral authority to learn what it is you're actually tuning into so check that out that's on my website you can look at the link in the show notes and until next week i'll see you then